0: It's time for JT the Brick.
1: I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die. The record stands.
0: JT the Brick.
1: That's it. That's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening. They have a plan. I'm not saying it's going to work. It's going to be 100%. But I'm behind the plan. The plan is to get it up to speed where it's really good for a long period of time. You are what your record is. Sound off like you got a pair. And now, JT, the man to miss the legend. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. Let's go. Busy day today. The head coach spoke. We got the Golden Knights. In the Stanley Cup Final, we have the NBA Finals tonight. Wow. What a day to be on the radio. Welcome in, everybody. Happy you're with us today. Always appreciate you listening. No matter if we agree, disagree. We're not on the same page. I always appreciate the fact that you're there. You've been here for me for up to close to 25 years now on Raiders Radio, wherever it was, in the Bay, in LA, nationally, locally, here in Vegas. Thanks again for listening. As we have a very busy day today, I have a real busy day with the Raiders today and tonight. And we're going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow. Josh McDaniel spoke. I'm going to get to the beginning of that press conference. It was played earlier today. I think Clay had it live in the morning. And then there are Rich Eisen, who just ended his show, was talking about it. So we're going to get to that in a few moments. Uh, Shane Knighty is going to join us, the great analyst, hockey analyst, who's part of the Golden Knights broadcast team, does a lot of national work. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Bill Williamson, I think the longest-tenured insider in the Raiders, I believe. I believe he's been doing it as long as me, if not longer. Bill Williamson at 1245. Also, Johnny Katz, our entertainment reporter here in town, which I'm excited about. That's going to be great. And Olden Polonese, who we didn't get to yesterday, and we booked him for today. So I'm loaded. I am a sports talk host. I'm covering sports. I have the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Final. I have the coach of the Raiders who spoke today. That's plenty of content for me. Plenty of content for two hours. Now my job is to motivate you not only to listen but to participate. You can call the show at 702-365-9200. You can talk about anything you want. I don't have a teleprompter here. I don't have four or five guys feeding you notes. I don't have to worry about you stumping me. You might be smarter than me. You might know more than I do. Uh, call and let's see what you got. And on top of that, you can hit me up via Twitter at JT the Brick. My son's doing a lot of reels and he's putting out some really good content with me. He got me up this morning. Today was my son's first day ever at work. My son, a round of applause for my son, went to work today. He's had other little jobs, but his first real job. So he left the house today and said, Dad, in the backyard, let's do a video. So we did that. I'm going to put that out a little bit later on uh, tomorrow Pretty busy day here. We'll have a lot going on. Monday is Raiders Media Day. I want to talk about a doozy on Monday. Monday I have three hours on Raiders Roundtable, two hours on Raiders Radio, and three hours on Mad Dog Sports Radio. The old eight hours a day. Eight hours a day. And when I wake up the next morning on Tuesday, I'll be in Maui, and I'll be there, and I'll be unplugged in the water. In the water, not looking at the water. So I got my head down here the next couple of days, and I'll be going to the Golden Knights game on Saturday, and I can't wait for that. Hopefully that will be a memory of a lifetime, a Stanley Cup final again in Vegas. Incredible. Very fortunate to be in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. They say entertainment and sports. I'm not going to say we're the sports capital of the world. I'm from New York. We have the Yankees. We got like eight professional teams. But we'll be able to say it now with commercials, with the entertainment and sports capital. We're the greatest arena on earth. Remember that promotion? I agree with that. I think we're the greatest arena on earth because we have boxing and UFC. We have boxing and UFC often. We have NASCAR. We have the rodeo. They don't have a rodeo in New York City. They don't have a NASCAR race in New York City. We even have F1. We have a 10-year deal with F1. Can you believe this? What a time to be in Las Vegas. I'm hearing UNLV football. Can't wait to talk to the coach and the athletic director, who I'm going to see at the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame coming up on the 16th. I'm hearing UNLV football's on the right track. And we know Kevin Kruger with UNLV basketball, friend of the show is only going to get better here. So good time to be in Vegas as we open up the show. Again, don't wait 20 minutes to call in. Get in now so I can get to you at the end of the monologue, 702-365-9200. I'll be with Coach McDaniels and the alumni and the team later on this evening, but I wanted to get to the beginning of his press conference today and the first question Vinny Bonsignor asked, because all this combined he talked about a lot of things a couple of hours ago. Here's the head coach.
2: You get rolling on questions. Um, obviously, um, exciting time in Las Vegas. Um, you know, from our organization to uh, the Knights, uh, want to congratulate them on uh, making the Stanley Cup Finals, and um, you know, wish Coach Cassidy and the entire organization, the entire uh, team, uh, well and luck. Obviously, as they head into this championship round, I know there's going to be a number of our players that'll be there uh, supporting them and. Um, we're all excited to, to continue to pull for them. So obviously they've had a great year and uh, we're looking forward to continuing to support that. Um, there's also uh, at practice today, you're gonna see a um, number of uh, Raider greats that are able were able to join us uh, today um, to share in our uh, OTA experience here. Um, I'd say share with our players, um, you know, what what it meant for them uh, to be a Raider. And um, they've kind of set the standard and uh, defined what uh, the commitment to excellence is. And um, like I said, you'll see a number of them out there. They're here now and, um, you know, it's exciting day for us to obviously have them uh, join us for for this part of our year. So um, I'm sure you'll see a lot of familiar faces.
0: You know, I could maybe raise the anxiety level of some fans on the availability, the eventual availability of, of Jimmy. We're about eight weeks, I guess, away from training camp. Is there a confidence that? I have be no.
2: Able to I help? have no anxiety.
0: Right. Okay. There you go.
2: You guys might have anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> is there, so is there? I don't have any anxiety.
0: Is there a confidence level then that he'll be there in training camp
2: and ready to go? Yep. I'm not going to put a timeline or a day on anything. But um, like I said, I have no anxiety.
1: Okay, that's what I wanted you to hear. The coach has no anxiety with Jimmy G. That's the coach who knows more than the people asking the questions, knows more than the national media, knows more than anybody on this. So you can pick that apart if you want, because a lot of people like to pick apart a carcass. They like to pick apart stuff. Or you could say, hey, the coach spoke today. He has no anxiety. Jimmy G is going to be good. That's it. That's really the topic around here, because you know there's a lot of these NFL insiders that are going on the debate shows or they're going on other shows And they have nothing to talk about. The only thing they have to talk about is DeAndre Hopkins. I heard a knucklehead today was filling in for someone say, quote, are they driving his trade value down? No, he's not being traded. He's a free agent. He was released. Okay, there's no trade. So that was beautiful to hear today. And then on top of that, when we look, they all go to Jimmy G. And again, Rich Eisen, who's a pro. Rich has been a friend a long time. He ended his show about 10 minutes ago. Not mocking the Raiders, but, you know, having this play on word with Tom Brady, as Tom Brady spoke to Sports Illustrated, and Brady kind of made it clear that he's not going to play again because he's got a broadcasting job, and he's got his kids, and a lot of people are speculating, is there a scenario in place where Tom Brady can come out of retirement and play for the Raiders. And that's a topic that a lot of national shows are talking about. So Tom Brady today didn't break the internet, but he said this.
3: What is your message to those fans, the media, whoever it is that's constantly concocting a way for you to come back?
0: I'm certain I'm not playing again. So I've tried to make that clear and I, I hate to continue to profess that because I've already told people that uh, lots of times, but I'm looking forward to my my broadcasting job at Fox next year. Um, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to head with head with the Raiders, and we're in the process of that along with the other different things that I'm a part of professionally and in my personal life, just spending as much time with my kids as I can and seeing them grow up and support the different things that they have going on, and that's a very important job, and I take them all pretty seriously.
1: All right, they put that stupid music underneath it because they don't think we're going to say that's from S.I., So that's why they do it. I don't know why they do it because they think they're going to take Brady and we're going to say he said that on our air. But that was on Sports Illustrated. So Brady pretty much said today he's not playing ever again. But could that change? Yes, but it would be very bizarre if it did. So those are the two big topics. The head coach spoke. He has no anxiety with Jimmy G. And Tom Brady says he's not going to play again. And he's, going to, he's kind of, I don't think he's looking for votes from the owners. Could you imagine being an NFL owner and not letting Tom Brady become a minority partner of the Las Vegas Raiders? I mean, I think he's going to be fine there. All the owners respect him. He's the greatest player of all time. He went from a guy who was picked 199th in the sixth round to the greatest player of all time, surpassing Jerry Rice, Jim Brown, the all-time leading rusher, and Emmitt Smith. So I think the league is going to want to see Tom Brady involved with the league with one of the 32. So I'll open up the show with that because I think it's a very important topic is your level of anxiety. I'm not a big anxiety guy. Never been a big anxiety guy where I'm sitting there. I'm nervous. I can't sleep. My heart is pouncing, you know, on, on things I can't control. I can't control Jimmy Garoppolo's timeline. So I have no anxiety. The coach has no anxiety. Maybe Jimmy D does if he's talking to his agent about his timeline. I don't know. But this is a topic that has been beaten to a pulp. All week long on all of our shows, the national shows, the debate shows, because there's nothing to talk about in football. There's plenty to talk about in the NBA, but as I tweeted out today, most of the national media only watched about 30 minutes of the Nuggets this year. I'm dead serious until about two weeks ago. Uh, I could not be more dead serious. Most of the national media, which resides east of the Mississippi, in places like Bristol, Connecticut, New York City, Philadelphia... Boston, they didn't watch the Nuggets this year. So now they got to start talking about the Nuggets. They don't even know how to pronounce Jokic's name. They don't even know half the team. So that's interesting to watch. And then we have the Stanley Cup final that's going to take place on Saturday here, which I'd like to be the strength of the show over the next two weeks. Over the next two weeks, when I'm here or Harry's in for me, I think that the pace of the show should be based on the Golden Knights, about to win the Cup, in trouble, behind in the Cup, Or an even series, and maybe we get down to game six and seven, we can milk this thing a couple of weeks and get a lot out of it. So I don't know what's going to happen. I like the Golden Knights to win in six. I like the Nuggets to win in five. That's what I hear. And then after that, it really gets dead. For a lot of sports radio, it gets dead because we go into July, but then the NFL really ramps up. And college football starts to ramp up, and we get into all of that. So a little bit of Josh McDaniels. I have some sound bites that we'll play Here as he spoke to the media. But here's the most important thing about today. Josh McDaniels, especially the coach, is the architect of getting the alumni here today. That's behind-the-scenes stuff because I'm involved in it. So Josh McDaniels, who's the head coach of the Raiders, wants the alumni here. And the big guns are in town. All the alumni is great. Once a Raider, always a Raider. The Gold Jacket Express is in town. Okay, so all the alumni matter. They're all freaking Raider alumni. But the gold jacket private jet is here. And they're all here pretty much unless they had something else going on. So the fact that you have legends, Super Bowl champions, Hall of Famer after Hall of Famer in town is the way to bridge these young men who are a lot of new guys, right? Because they gutted and they almost gutted the previous roster. They got their new guys in and they are now joining together with the greatest players to ever play the game in the history of this organization. Will you give the coach credit for that? That's the coach and the owner, and you probably won't. Okay, so I'll I'll tell you what happens tomorrow when 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 I can come in here and tell you tomorrow. So that's a positive today. So when you look around this OTA in practice, and these players are able to see some of the greatest players to ever play, let alone Raiders, it's supposed to elevate this team. And I I like that. I've always been about that. I'm a legacy guy. You know I love the Hall of Fame. Ken Stabler, Clip Branch, no longer here with us. But the Hall of Famers, I really – Fred Belitnikoff's on the show all the time. We love that part of this job. We love tying in the greatness of the Raiders with the future of the Raiders. So that should excite a lot of fans that that, that's happening now. And look at your calendar. It's June 1st. There's a reason behind this. They're trying to take this program and quickly get up to speed – with the new people that are coming in. So they got a lot to say about that, and hopefully I'll have more to tell you about that with tomorrow. A couple more sound bites from the coach. A lot of new faces now coming into the organization. These are the free agents, undrafted free agents, uh, players that they were able to draft, the top draft picks. He touched on that a few hours ago.
2: It's competitive. Um, there's no question. And, um, again, the the guys, the, the part that nobody really understands, and we, we talk about, you know, look – acquisitions one part uh, of trying to improve a any unit doesn't matter what it is and we we basically tried to uh, improve the competition in every room that we could okay sometimes you don't get to do that because things fall a certain way but acquisitions one way player developments another one and so, um, you know, the guys that are here for the, the our second year with them, you know, whether they were a rookie last year like Sam Webb or it's just our second opportunity to work with them in the spring like Nate Hobbs and Amik Robertson and those guys, I mean, there's there's an element of, us, you know, our responsibility is to improve the players that are already here, you know, and so you can't really measure that. You know, you can measure an acquisition and say, oh, that made the room better, but Um, You know now's the time of the year we're trying to focus on developing everybody that we have and how how far can that go? We're gonna see Um, we'd like it to go as far as we could but um, a lot of competition um, guys that have played in this league uh, no question Duke Shelley David Long uh, those guys have all played. Brandon on was here before. He's played a lot of football in this league, too. So, um, you know, not to mention the the, the young kids. So, um, you know, a lot of lot of guys getting a lot of reps. Um, we've two-spotted a lot of drills so that they're all getting a ton of reps at this time of the year. So it um, gives us a great opportunity uh, to evaluate them, gives them great exposure to us. Um, you know, like I said, making mistakes but getting better. So excited about it.
1: He has a very elaborate practice scheme. They get a lot of work in because he's had more practice than any other coach, I believe, ever. Ever. Him and Belichick, they've had more divisional playoff practices, uh, AFC Championship week playoffs, two-week Super Bowl practices with the bye week. As every other coach was on the beach, he's practicing for two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. I mean, the guy's got more practice time in. Name a coach. Name one. Who has more practice time in on the field in the last 20 years than Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick? I can't name one. Andy Reid would be close. But Andy Reid doesn't have the success of all those rings. But he's, he's climbing in there because he's coached a lot of big games. So you got to have confidence. you got to have confidence that Josh McDaniels' preparation with now in his second year in the system here, with players who have been in the system again going into the second year, and what he's going to be able to do. you got to at least believe in that. I'm not saying to predict he's going to win every game. Because I'm not here to change your mind on that. But you got to believe that this, is ha- this has to be Coach McDaniel's strength. It must be. It has to be because of the experience that he has in these scenarios. Now most of it's getting an offense ready. With New England and the OTAs. Head coach of Denver. What he's done with the Raiders. Getting an offense ready. But he's a head coach again now. And he's got a whole bunch of people he's got to delegate to. But he's supposed to be, and I think he is, very good at this stage. June 1st, heading through the preseason, every I and every T. You know, every I will be dotted, every T will be crossed with this. And then we'll go see if they win games. I can't predict if they're going to win games or not, but I can predict the practices will be elite because that's what he's known for doing. Now the position they want to develop everybody to be ready to play multiple positions, not only to do their job but to do other things.
2: Obviously, you have to know the know the player, um, you know, create a relationship, you know, and that's as um, a you know old adage. Until they know you care, they don't really you know know no, they don't really care how much you know. So, um, you know, uh, that's part of this process now, um, team building. Uh, I'd say relationship building for them to trust, you know, the things we're telling them to do um, and figuring out each different player. Uh, None of them are the same, you know, no two corners are the same. No two receivers are the same. No two quarterbacks are the same. They don't learn the same way. You know, if if they were all robots, that'd be great, you know, in terms of what we could tell them. But um, there's a human element to uh, teaching and developing a player or a room. And so, you know, the coaches have a difficult job. You know, sometimes they got 10, 11 guys in their room might be 10, 11 different ways that they learn best, you know. And so as you're trying to teach, install, implement things, correct things, make it better, uh, sometimes you got to find different ways to do that and communicate it to different guys. So um, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and I think we have a really good staff that understands teaching and, um, you know, the pace that we need to go at to try to improve
1: them. All right. So that's a very important part here too is they, they got to get these new guys going. He mentioned Jimmy G., Again, on what's going on with him, if he's playing, if he's there, if he's in the meetings, if he's working out, or if he's not prepared to play just yet, the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: Again, we can't control, you know, there's this is, this is football, you know, and there's definitely going to be players that miss time. And I mean, just Josh Jacobs wasn't able to do a whole lot last year either, and a decent year. You know, so, again, I just, there's, there. I don't want to overstate any of that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, the relationships, the trust, the communication, um, the rapport, uh, all that stuff's being built. You know, uh, he's here every day, obviously, and the guys are getting to know each other, which is a great thing. Um, I don't want to over overstate or understate the importance of OTAs or anything like that. It's an important time of the year, uh, but there's also a lot of players that can't participate in it, or and again, remember, it's voluntary. So there's players that aren't participating in it, you know, mm-hmm. across the league. So that doesn't mean that oh well, this year's going to be bad for him and not good for him and all the rest of it. So. Um, Like I said, I have no anxiety about it. I'm excited that he's here. Um, Really excited that he's here and um, looking forward to it when he's out there.
1: All right, so Jimmy G's here. Jimmy G's here. He's going through the rehab process and it seems like everything's going okay. One more on Aiden O'Connell. You know, Aiden O'Connell's the type of quarterback you park, and if you can develop him quickly, it's a bonus. He's going to be in a great quarterback room with a great quarterback coach who's got all those rings. So for Aiden O'Connell, this is an exciting time for the new young quarterback in the fourth round.
2: Like I said, it's spinning, you know, and the quarterbacks are probably spinning as much as anybody, you know. So um, you're exactly right. Uh, that's definitely part of the the allure um, with Aiden. Um, you know, look, he played a lot of football uh, in, a, in a good conference, um, in college football, had a winning record in the Big Ten every year that he played there at Purdue, um, which isn't easy to do. Um you know, and and he's he's played against good competition. And he's accurate with the ball. He he loves the game of football. He works very hard at it. Which to me, if you don't have those two things um, at this position, it's going to be hard for you to ever you know continue to grow and develop at that at that place. So, um, you know, he's getting a lot of reps. Um, He'll, he'll make mistakes and learn from them every day um, and then, you know, hopefully not make them again. You know, that's the process that we're going through with the quarterbacks right now and um, really love his attitude, his demeanor, um, the way he approaches football and how he attacks every day. So he's got a plan, um, you know, and, and that usually bodes well for you in terms of improving.
1: All right, so that's it. You got a couple of sound bites there in the monologue as that fuels the monologue brought to you by PTs. Congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights on being the 2023 Western Conference champions. Next stop, the Stanley Cup. PT's Taverns, proud partners of VGK. And an opportunity to go there and watch all the games. Happy hour 5 to 7, midnight to 2, half-off drinks. And it's just going to get better and better and better. we got a great two-week run here, and I'd like it to sound that way on the radio. I'd like it to sound that way on the radio. I've been pushing this hard. I need a vacation, Bobby. I don't actually need one. I get enough time when I need it, but I need a vacation because I am banging my head up against the wall with these Stanley Cup fans, and we're going to get them going today. Uh, And if not, I'm just going to try again tomorrow. I'm going to pretend we're a hockey town. I'm pretending that I'm in Detroit today. I'm pretending I'm in Toronto and Montreal. I'm pretending today that I'm in New York City because I know there are hockey fans out there that have cell phones and Twitter and I need their energy to match mine. 702 365 Shane Knighty will join us at the bottom of the hour. Bill Williamson, Raider insider at 1245. He fires. If he doesn't like something, he tells you. I know Bill a long time. I'm going to ask him. I have no idea what he thinks about Jimmy G, the timeline, what was said. We'll talk to Bill Williamson. It's been a couple of weeks or a month. Can't wait to talk to him coming up. Johnny Katz on what's happening in Vegas, man. I was in a meeting this morning. Going on, going through the schedule of what's happening with F1. And we got the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame in June. We got a bunch of Raiders things happening, man. And a bunch of concerts coming. The Sphere's opening up with U2. And there's a lot of residencies that are coming. Johnny Katz will give you entertainment news coming up next hour. And Olden Polonese will pick the winner of Denver going up against Miami. I don't think Miami can win this series. But they beat the one seed in Milwaukee, the two seed in Boston, And they're playing another one seed. Look, Vegas is a one seed. They're playing the eight seed Florida Panthers. I guarantee if I was hosting this show in Sunrise, Florida, I'd have eight to nine Florida Panther fans on hold. But I'm not doing a good enough job. So we're going to do better when we come back. We're going to talk to Shane Knighty, and we're going to get this place fired up about the Stanley Cup. I'm going to. I'm going to, and we'll hear from everybody else when uh, they're convenient enough to say hi to us. Bobby's good today. He's got a Megadeth shirt on. Always, yeah. You do wear a lot of Megadeth shirts. No doubt. You do. You wear a lot of Megadeth shirts, a lot of Aerosmith shirts, Ozzy. Um, yeah. Metal. Big part of our lives together. We open it up. Let's hear from you and get rolling. The Stanley Cup finals take place starting Saturday in Las Vegas.
0: There's similarities. I think the coaches are, listen, I know they've come up together, they're friends, you know what I mean? I think they they have some um, agreement on how they want to play. It doesn't mean everything's exactly the same. I mean, they're both excellent coaches and they're their own guys that play, but there are similarities. So for us to transition right into that could be a benefit. on the other hand, it's another one where we got to dig in and be hard. And and you go you do that every second night, it does take its toll. So are we going to be willing to battle through that? That'll be the question for us. And same for them. Are they going to be willing to battle through and get there? And that'll be answered shortly.
1: That's Bruce Cassidy, JT back with you. Turn it up. We're excited. The Stanley Cup final. It originates out of Las Vegas, game one on Saturday. Thrilled to talk to Shane Knighty, part of the Vegas Golden Knights broadcast team, his national work, former great player, and Shane, we've talked a lot, and I don't know where you started to think Stanley Cup or when I did, but we're here. It's a great time to be in Vegas, huh?
0: Well, fantastic time. You you look at the city here, it's already buzzing every day. Just add another element to it, throwing a Stanley Cup final in the mix. So, you know, special time. These these are moments as players uh, they come. Sometimes they don't come very often. For Vegas, uh, pretty spectacular. Second time in six years of the organization being here, but uh, these are the This is when you've got to live in the moment, enjoy what's happening. And for the players, it's about grabbing hold of this opportunity because you never know when or if it'll ever come again.
1: Shane, let's start with Florida first before we get to Vegas, an eight seed that beat Boston. Boston had the greatest regular season point total of all time. I watched that series, and I thought if Boston won and finally got through and got here, I would not have picked the Golden Knights to beat the Bruins. I would have hoped they would, but I thought Boston was pretty much unbeatable from watching them play this year. How did Florida get them looking back, and what did they build on after that victory?
0: Well, I think they built their confidence, right, to be able to come back. But you look at it, and this is, you know, people put a lot of stock in the regular season and and you should right it's a grind it's there but that's not where you face the adversity some teams do and I think the teams that face more adversity in the regular season are better fit for getting into playoffs so no question what the Bruins did this year was spectacular uh, a great team but uh, Florida went in and they just had the right attitude and it's about peaking it's about coming together it's about establishing your game and you know, when you can overcome adversity early in playoffs in a team and be successful, that that just gives you the confidence, that swagger you need to, to carry through. And I, I think that series certainly did it for the for the Florida Panthers when you look at it. And this is a team that just – they're tenacious the way they play, the way they forecheck, the way they attack. They're, there's no quit in their game. And, uh, you know, that got established against the Bruins. Everybody counts you out. Sometimes it's a little easier, too, like the pressure the Bruins had coming in the playoffs. Florida had nothing. That, that first round, there was no expectations at all on them. And they could just went about their business. They believed in themselves, and they got it done.
1: Shane Knighty is our guest. So, Shane, what's the strength? We know Kachuk. Well, we know what he can do. They're goaltending. How physical are they compared to some of the team the Knights have faced so far in the postseason this year?
0: Well, I think they're physical. But, so you know, Winnipeg was very physical in round one. I thought the Oilers had some physicality to their game. Um, and, and that's exactly what the Panthers are going to do. You know, they've got guys, not only they're going to be physical, they got guys that are going to try to stir it up a little bit. You got your Nick cousins, you got Kachuk, of course. Uh, you could throw Sam bedded in there who plays a hard game, uh, Radko Gudas. So certainly, you know, they've got their physical players. They got agitators. Um, so control the motions, always a factor discipline goes along with that. Um, but I just think that, you know, I look at this Panthers team and, you know, I, I, they've got a real good forward group. I think, you know, the balance they have up front, they've got three lines that can get after it. Uh, you know, they're deep down the middle uh, with, with the guys they have there with Bennett, Reinhardt, Barkoff. Um, they got, you know, some good wingers, Kachak, Burhey. So, you know, you look at those three lines, and then they got a veteran guy in Eric Stahl on that kind of fourth line with Lomberg, another guy that can agitate and play hard. So they're deep up front. Their blue line is kind of bought in. I think it's going to be the same mindset as as the Golden Knights had against Dallas, Mm getting pucks behind their D that, and you know, it's, it's easier to say and talk about, we all know, and they they know the players know how they need to play. And maybe the best thing the Golden Knights have coming in is the best example of how they had to play was their last game. Like that was domination. That was them playing to a T that was taking the game early and not giving any shred back to the Dallas stars of momentum. So That's just going to be their game plan. I think going ahead, but this is a it's a very tough opponent in the Panthers. It's a group, as I said, uh, that their confidence is high, and so is the Golden Knights. That's why there's only two teams left. Mm -hmm.
1: Shane Knighty is our guest, former NHL player and current Vegas Golden Knights television analyst. You you said agitate a few times, and it was interesting in the Edmonton series that I just thought that they were trying to question the golden knights they were chirping coming by the bench they were in winnipeg too they were just trying to get them off and it was too late for dallas cuz all the confidence just kept building for vegas the deeper they went in the playoffs so are you suggesting that florida might early in game 1 or 2 really question the knights and go after their manhood you know g- gloves and <laughs> faces hard hitting extra hits here to try to agitate them get them to fight get them to take a penalty what should we expect here
3: well, I don't,
0: I don't think they're going to be going out looking for fights, but I definitely think that's part of, you know, the Florida's MO is they're, they're going to be an aggressive, hard forechecking, in your face type team. And mm-hmm. Just the, you know, you have got and it doesn't really rely on a team. It's just you look at some of the, the players they have that are going to try to get under their skin and uh, you know, it's 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 about playing between the whistles. You, you play hard there, and this time of the year, the penalties have gone down. You look at round one, there's more penalties, less than round two, round three, and everybody says that's officiating. I think that's part of it. The other part of it is the games. There, there's so much more meaning to each and every play and every moment that you don't want to cost your team. And players adjust and to, to know, okay, if I play between the whistles, if I play hard, that's that's where I got to try to get you know under the other guy's skin. That's where I've got to be physical, and then. No scrums after. If there is, get out of them. Don't do much. Um, But, again, it's such a passionate game. There's those moments in game. Everybody says, why would he do that? And it's hard to explain unless you've played it that you're in that moment. Sometimes you you just lose it. But uh, I think this one was important for them last time. And uh, a a lot of the keys that they've had here to find success in the playoffs is Is going to be the same here as they get set to try to match up against this Panthers team.
1: Shane Knighty as we wrap it up. So, Shane, is a broadcaster and going to every rink, all these cities year-round, what type of respect are the Golden Knights getting? Now, year one, they go to the Cup. Last year, they don't make the playoffs. It's been a young franchise that tends to go deep in the playoffs. They've had some really gut punch, dramatic losses in the playoffs. What's the rest of the league? Think of Vegas now, especially with Barbashev and some of the new players, and Aiden Hill, who could have been a third stringer, let alone a second, and now playing and standing on his head. What's the rest of the league think of the Golden Knights and the changes that were made?
0: Well, it's interesting. There's always going to be that jealousy factor, Jake. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. it's such a it's such a young franchise, and you know, Florida, you know, you look at the Maple Leafs fan. You look at you know the Ranger and team organization's have been around forever, and just you know, don't get these opportunities. So there, there's a jealousy factor. I think this year for some reason, and, and I couldn't understand it, every round of the playoff so far, the Golden Knights have not been an outright favor. And this is a team that finished top of the West, but everybody considered Colorado, Edmonton, the best team. But, you know, Vegas was the best team from the All-Star break on, and, and, and they win. And yet nobody, even against Winnipeg, people are picking the Jets. It's, it's kind of... Kind of, I that shake my head a few times, and uh-huh. you know what? Some, that's not bad if you're the Golden Knights. Hey, you know, when did they play their best? Year one when they had the chip on their shoulder, and I think that developed a little bit more. And I think you know, this is a, a lot of people call this an uh, an even series, but uh, yeah, the view around the league has been interesting this year. I think like last year, pe- more people picked Vegas to go far, and they didn't make playoffs. That's why predictions are so hard, and that's why I believe you know, start the year, you got to play the eighty-two games. And get to playoffs and after that all those stats you worked so hard for grinded for they're gone it's a it's another world when you get to playoffs everybody has a chance and it's about imposing your will mm-hmm. on other teams it's about fighting through adversity in playoffs it's about a grind with not much rest playing every second night flying travel emotions uh every moment and every game just carries so much more weight it is a It is a different game and uh, the stakes are higher and that's what makes it so good. And I know I'm biased. Mm-hmm. JT, but uh, it's so toughest trophy to win. Toughest
1: <laughs> trophy to win. See, I'm biased too, but you played the game. I did. not yeah. So you, you know, I, I could, I could just be a fan, and I'm trying to do that, Shane. And again, I get a little frustrated because we're a young Vegas hockey market for radio, and I'm trying to run through walls for these fans and get everybody going here. That's why I was thrilled that they told me you were coming on today. Let everybody know as we wrap this up how important it is, even if you're not a diehard hockey fan, to know this is in your community, Lord. Stand Stanley's Cup will be in the building throughout. We'll have the opportunity to have parties, get-togethers, and memories that could last a lifetime.
0: Yeah. And and you never know when or if it'll happen again. And if anybody's a fan here, as I just mentioned, the Toronto Maple Leafs, ask their fans uh, when was the last time they got mm-hmm. to celebrate Stanley Cup. When was the last time? Was it where there, it's, I can't remember now. It's 50-some 50, 50 years, 60 yeah. years. The New York Rangers last one. They've been around forever. They won in 94 haven't, you know, they've been back once since. So these are moments as a Golden Knight fan, as a Vegas resident that you've got to cherish this opportunity of your team to even make it this far is such a massive accomplishment, but you've got to embrace these moments. Like Mm -hmm. this is a, this is a great time to enjoy the sport of hockey, to enjoy Vegas And, you know, this is the entertainment capital of the world. And now you just added another element to it. It It's become, To me, it's become a real sports city. And you know that, JT. It's Mm -hmm. just going to continue to grow. Um, You know, I've become a Raiders fan. I'm going to cheer for any Vegas team now. Nice. uh, You know, I came in with the hockey backing. But, you know, anybody who comes here, uh, this this is our, our town. These are our teams. And this team, the Golden Knights, are in the best spot possible that you could ask for in a very special situation with an opportunity to win the Stanley Cup.
1: Thank you, Shane. I'll see you Saturday. Always appreciate your insight. Thank you.
0: Awesome, JT. Have a good
1: one. You got it. Shane Knighty, part of the Vegas Golden Knights broadcast team. Former player and fantastic to have, and he does a lot of national work. He's very good. He's very good. And as he said at the end here, uh, try to embrace this next two weeks of your life if you live in Vegas. If you don't, look, we got listeners in San Jose, Oakland, L.A. I was in a meeting today with one of our proud partners, and the first thing they said to me was, I can't believe... Who calls into your show from everywhere? I thought it was just Vegas, right? We got fans all over the world who can listen on that Raiders mobile app. And again, I don't look at Raiders radio today. I look at Lotus Broadcasting. I work for Lotus Broadcasting. Got a bunch of radio stations here. These two weeks is dominated by the Knights. Raiders OTA, I led with the coach. I got an NFL insider, Raider insider next. But we got to go balls out on this puck game. We got to go crazy on hockey for two weeks be there with me, drive the train with me, and let's hope we win. Because if we do, Vegas will be remembered for having a Stanley Cup champion forever, forever. And I don't know how often it's going to come around again. I really don't. Shane talked about Toronto and New York. I was in New York in 94 with the Rangers. If you told me they hadn't won again and it's 2023, next year it'll be 2024? We're talking 30 years for the Rangers? Better not wait 30 years for VGK after this. That's why this is a must-win. That was brought to you by the Black Hole, the most notorious football fans on God's green earth.
2: Yeah, I'm not, again, I'd say the same thing. There's a number of guys, um, and I'm really, honestly, not going to talk about the specifics of those things. Um, uh, again, those are private to those guys uh, individually. Um, but, uh, you know, everything that's happened since we've signed Jimmy, uh, we, we knew ahead of time it's the same thing with Tyree. I would say it's the same thing with you know, a number of guys um, that we're aware of. So certainly had an awareness of all of it. Um, and, again, our, our preference is to not to push and rush anybody back at this point in time. Could we? I mean, you could make that decision. It's just, you know, I think the most important time of the year is going to happen when we get to training camp so that we're, we're ready to go we can do the work we need to do in August.
1: Yeah, training camp line is an important one when we get to what's going to happen here coming up here. JT, back with you. Bill Williamson, kind enough to join us. Been covering the Raiders a long time, now with SB Nation, NFL rider for 27 straight seasons and counting. So, Bill, it's been a couple of weeks or almost a month. I'm really thrilled you can join us today, and you're a straight shooter Let's get your opinion first on this Jimmy Garoppolo timeline because I figured you probably figured out when they didn't truck him out for the press conference the first day and we had a wait a day that there was probably an injury clause going in there. How do you see it now?
3: Yeah, you know, kudos to Pro Football Talk, Mike loyal to, you know, to break that last weekend, you know, on a Saturday night and on Memorial Day weekend, Raiders news never sleeps. Um, but, you know, it's funny. I look back and during that, you know, when there was that delay, I tweeted. You know, is anybody else thinking about Carlos Correa? Of course, that's coming a few months after the, after the Giants uh, deal fell through with him because of an injury. Once the press conference was set, so it was very similar. So yeah, you felt something was up, but again, we didn't know for a couple of months. Um, to tell you the truth, the way as I digested that the Pro Football Talk news. I'm like, okay, this can be a big deal, but it probably isn't, and I get why the Raiders are comfortable, and I get why the Raiders did it. Certainly unusual. I mean, it's a starting quarterback, I know some people say hey, it's no big deal. A lot of guys have injury clauses. Yeah, but this is a little different, this is unique. And uh, But the Raiders wouldn't have gone ahead with this. They would have just took a huge lump in the, in the head, and they would have got egg on their face, and they would have had to figure out Another situation that quarterback, kind of late in free agency. Four days in free agency is late. But I don't think they would have gone ahead and done it if there was any real concern that he wouldn't be ready for the season. I think he's going to be ready for training camp. Now, can he have a setback? Certainly he can have a setback, and, and there's that worry. But I, you know, and is very firm in his comments today. I have no anxiety. We have the information that makes us feel good. I think he's being truthful there, mm-hmm. um, but, again, there is a kind of a, a, a cloud hovering over it because of Jimmy's injury history and because of the importance of, of the of the position, but, you know, there's a good chance that when September 10th rolls around and they're playing in Denver that he'll probably be the quarterback.
1: Bill Williamson joins us. I'm not a doctor, a trainer, and I haven't looked at any x-rays, but... I would assume that the Niners thought he had a certain type of injury. The Raiders thought it was a little bit different. So when they saw that, they wanted to go on their own timeline and make sure they got him got him the help he needed, the procedure that he needed, so he would be 100% instead of having a lingering issue. That's what's going to come out here, Bill, in the next eight weeks or 10 weeks or 12, is that if he had a surgery, the procedure, however, however everybody wants to frame this, it's supposed to get him back to 100%. Not a lingering issue at 80%, 90 92%. So I would hope Raider fans would buy into that. Now, we don't want to see a setback, but a lot of surgeries like this or procedures usually come through where the player is back to 100% and hopefully doesn't have the problem again down the road.
3: Yeah, certainly. And, you know, and there is time for him to get ready. It's not ideal that he's missing OTA mm-hmm. and the mandatory minicamp become going on a new team. And at that position, but there is time. Uh, again, what's the most important thing is, is he going to be ready at the beginning of the training camp? If he is, go out there, let's see what he can do, let's see if he can stay healthy. If he isn't, then it's a concern, but they're saying that they expect it to be. Now, you know, this could have been a lot, it may, I don't want to sound naive, I've done this a long time covering the NFL. Mm-hmm. Teams are often not honest about things they're not forthcoming when they don't have to be um if this all came out in march it probably wouldn't have been that big a deal you mm-hmm. know it's like okay he's gonna be ready by july but then you go out to OTA and he's not there now okay he's going to be out you know out until uh july did he have surgery well we're not really going to say then a few minutes later they have labor force he's going to have surgery mm-hmm. and then two days later the so you understand the dramatic You know, rise here. I understand why fans are uneasy. Um, But, again, the bottom line, is he ready for training camp? They're saying yes, so let's believe him at this
1: point. Yeah, Bill Williamson's our guest, longtime NFL insider, SB Nation. So let's assume he's 100% he plays in training camp. I wouldn't play him a lot in the preseason, and there's some pretty violent practices that come up, even though you're not supposed to kill the quarterback in these, you know, joint practices here. I wanted to see Derek play more last year in the preseason a little bit because it was a new system for him with Josh McDaniels. And Jimmy G, I don't have to see in the preseason because he knows the system better. Where do you think you'll stand on that, assuming Jimmy G's ready for training camp, the preseason games, the joint practices, and how much we'll need to see?
3: I'd be very surprised to see him in a preseason game. Mm -hmm. I'd be surprised not to see him. In the joint practices, I believe it's going to be the 49ers and the Rams. Mm-hmm. I and mean, you got to, you know, that's training camp. you got to get it going on. Understand the procedure. He's not supposed to get hit in these things, these joint practices. So you've you got to get him in. This is a guy who hasn't played since December 3rd, you know. So there's going to be some rust on top of the rust of being in the new system. Yeah, you made a good point about him being in Josh's system before, but he hasn't been with these players before. So there is going to be. You know, some ribbon timing things that they got to work on. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to take a few weeks into the season. So I think as much time you can get them on the field in August is important. But I wouldn't put them – I would be very surprised if we played in the preseason.
1: Uh, Bill, before we talk to you next in a couple of weeks before training camp, what is the one position need that Dave Ziegler's got to go out and get before training camp, if there's one need, one player, it's a cut down, it's a player that's still out there, or maybe at the end of training camp they get from another team in a competition battle and a good player is available, what's the biggest need for the silver and black? What position?
3: You know, I, I think there's a few of them, but I mean, you put me on a spot. I'll just go straight to defense, and I think they need more help on defense. Mm-hmm. And you us like, say, a linebacker, they're a little thin there. And I, I, who knows who's going to be playing cornerback? but they got a lot of body, so a couple guys are going to pop out of that bingo machine. I just don't know if they have as many options at linebacker.
1: Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. I would agree with you 100%. I'd love to see a linebacker come in here, if not a right tackle or more help there, yeah. but definitely a linebacker that could help out Spillane, Diablo, what they're going to do there. Uh, Bill, enjoy most of the summer here. We'll be in touch. I appreciate you coming on with us today. All right, Dickie, take care. Always great talking to you, Bill Williamson. Again, a guy who could be openly critical on the Raiders, part of our insider radio network. I give, as Bobby says, we give the insiders the summer off. I was texting with Vic yesterday, Paul Gutierrez. We give him a break because we lean on him during the year. We want those guys to come on. Every two weeks we put them in a grid, and we try to bring in a new insider every year. Last year we brought in the great Levi Edwards and Harry Ruiz, who's in my tree. You know, you have the coach's tree. In my tree, I have the Latino voice of the silver and black, Harry Ruiz, who's fantastic. And maybe we add another one this year, too. So there's a lot happening here. We're excited. And I'm going to get back to the Golden Knights, a little fun entertainment with Johnny Katz. i got to put my concert calendar together. You know, got to look at that. And Olden Polonies, one of my favorite guests on the NBA playoffs. Let me give you the line here. Give me one second. Here it is. Ooh. Denver minus nine. Nine. Nine points? Take the heat in game one to lose and cover the spread. And I don't bet five bucks. I don't bet 100000 I bet nothing, but I talk to gamblers. So every once in a while, I'll throw you some gambling advice. But I won't have a ticket to show you. Like many of the frauds who claim to gamble and never show their tickets.